gendered issue for all women. Hello, Hannah here. So you'll probably notice we haven't done a gig cast in a while. What with everything that's been going on and all of the lovely theatres that we work with being closed. Obviously, this is disappointing for us and we are worried about the state of the arts industry and we are worried about our friends who work in the arts and about the many, many, many lovely theatres that are struggling around the country right now. However, on the plus side, we have found a bit of a workaround. And as we had a plan to go to Brighton to do a gig cast over the summer, instead, we have decided to make Brighton come to us in the form of a Zoom-recorded gig cast with the brilliant comedians Zoe Lyons and Jim Brister. God, I love them both so much. We had a lovely chat about, well, quite a lot of it was about what's going on right now because it's quite difficult to avoid that. But we managed to fit some other stuff in as well. We talked about what we'd learned about ourselves during lockdown, what we'd learned about the country during lockdown and also about some crazy running that Zoe has been doing. But all of that is coming up right now. Obviously, we hope to start to do good casts again in the future because we miss seeing your lovely faces. And you probably miss seeing our faces, although I'm going to be honest, my face isn't quite as lovely as it was before lockdown. Anyway... The sound quality of this isn't as great as an ordinary gig cast would be, obviously. Nonetheless, it's pretty good. And when you get women who are as funny as Zoe and Jen, you kind of get used to the sound pretty quickly. So we're going to try and do more of these in the future. I mean, why not? Their worlds are oyster now if we're doing our gigs over Zoom. So there'll be more of these coming up. In the meanwhile, enjoy this one. Until next time. When we have a standard issue gig in front of a crowd, what we do is we start with an introduction and I would like you to say who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about you. Let's kick off with the Hannah one. I am Hannah Dunleavy. I am one of the standard issue team and I have put trousers on for this special occasion. Very good. Well done. Well done. It's quite rare that I put trousers on. I largely just exist in my pyjama bottoms. Yeah. Oh, I love an elastic waist. Yeah, I get you. I hear you. Yeah, I'm scared to ask for proof in case this is a honey trap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very different sort of Zoom meeting that, yeah. isn't it? Get full frontal. I love that Brister's doing the kind I'm, of weird Freddie well, Hill thing with it. I'm glasses. already armed and ready. I was just like getting my glasses into focus just in case. Uh... Jen, I've been trapped in a house by myself. If you think you need glasses to witness my bush, you are much mistaken. <laughs> Well, you could probably see it from space. <laughs> uh, I made a literal honey trap that's just covered in bees. <laughs> Let's move on. My name is uh, Jen Brister. I am a stand-up comedian. Fun fact, I haven't stopped drinking for about <laughs> 10 weeks. <laughs> I don't know if I should be advertising that. As I went up the stairs to, what well, I'd like to call it the office, but let's call it a cupboard. Uh, let's say, tell it as it is. I took a bottle of wine upstairs with me and Chloe was like, what are you doing? I went, um, just going to do a podcast. I went, with a bottle of wine? I went, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and I could just see from her face there was just disappointment. <laughs> and you would think in that moment I would like, I've gone, do you know what, maybe you're right, maybe I don't need to take the bottle up with me. But I just kind of grasped it as if she was going to take it away from me and held it to my chest <laughs> as I was walking up the stairs. Like, get my wine! <laughs> <laughs> My dad used to take a bottle of wine upstairs for him with a for shit. Did he? <laughs> I don't that know. That is what a to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> It would have to be a red, though, wouldn't it? It would have oh, to be yeah. a red. Yeah, yeah you but, couldn't go rose for a number two. It would have to be a red. Yeah, that, that is literally having a piece of Prosecco. Yeah. But if you're sitting down to, you know, mark one in the logbook, it's got to be at least a Rioja. Yeah, or, or cab sav. Yes, yeah, yeah. If it's morning, yeah, um, yeah. I've never, I've never considered pairing wine with having having a shit. But also, <laughs> it depends the kind of shit you're having. Are you having an easy? Yeah. Are you having an immediate one? In which case, you wouldn't have. I, I don't think wine. my dad ever went for an immediate one. He treated it like an office. He just went up there with the crossword and sat and had to sit down. And you just had to wait till he emerged. That was that's, that's, that's I get that. I get that. Yeah. I, mean, I totally understand his 
train of thought there because now that I can't go out, I literally having a shit is my time out. So yeah, it's your me time. It's my me time. Having a shower and having a poo are points in the day where I can go. This is just for me, and sometimes it isn't. They pop in. <laughs> <laughs> In Transformers Rescue Bot, did you know? And now I can't escape this conversation because you're actually trapped because you, you can't be like squeezing one out and go, sorry kids, I'm not interested because you've got to just sit there and wait until you go and wipe. It's a terrible situation. You, I want a poo that is just like primed and ready and just out yeah. and I'm done. I think we can all agree that the best poo is a ghost poo. <laughs> <laughs> where there's no wipe you mean there's, there's just and there's no even evidence of poo it's just gone, yeah. it, it's just taken itself down the chute like a family on a log flume holiday <laughs> like it, yeah. the ghost poo is the best poo and you've done it uh, and then you think did i do it because there's nothing in the bowl but then you feel weirdly evangelical afterwards there's sort of a, a sense of enlightenment there's a lightness in the step there's a buoyancy <laughs> in the mood and there's certainly a feeling of de detoxification, but yeah. without any solid evidence. You can't even insert it, can you? No, yeah. no. Once a month you get one of those. And it's it sort of lubed itself, so it doesn't even leave any evidence that it was ever there. To be honest, after 10 weeks of drinking, you'll be lucky to get even one of those. <laughs> get it. Those, those days are over. I like to imagine it going down the YouTube of the loo, and sort of putting its hands in the air as it goes past the camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turned into a key ring, fridge magnet, and uh, coasters. I'm Zoe Lyons, was a comedian prior pandemic. I've now had the first job I've ever had in about 15 years. I've, I'm actually employed. Come on, get it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a white van man one day a week. Really? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Zoe's been delivering veg boxes, like, from, <laughs> like, literally, literally, the day the lockdown happened, Zoe knows herself well enough to know that she can't be allowed in the house for any time on her own without doing something. So yeah. she applied to be a veg box delivery driver, which she was immediately during lockdown. So she spent the entire last couple of months driving up and down what to, is it to London you go? Yeah, I've been all around London, mate. I go, my, my regular route. Yeah, is, mate, that's what I do. My regular <laughs> route is, is Hack, Hack, Hackney and um, uh, Stamford Hill and a bit of Islington and quite a lot of Bromley. And then I'm in and out of Crawley on the way all home. Right, all right, Geezer. All right, fella. All yeah. right, I hear you. Yeah, I've been over that Dartford bloody bridge. More times in the in lockdown than I have any other time. It was what brilliant time? the first few weeks of lockdown because there was nobody on the roads and I was That's literally the star of my own zombie movie. I was going to say it must have been a bit like twenty eight days later because there was literally nobody was out. Nobody there, and they gave me this massive van that I couldn't drive. It was a good job you, there was nobody there. How many times did you crash the van? Twice. <laughs> Once into a tree reversing. <laughs> like I said, I've never, I haven't had a job for years. So going into work the next day and Nigel, who's the foreman, he wasn't happy. Of course he he's, No, he's morbidly obese, borderline diabetic and wears compression socks and flip-flops. <laughs> <laughs> but he's really nimble when you stick him on a, a forklift truck. He's like a belly dancer. It's lovely to watch him around the yard. It's like that. Woo! <laughs> for such a large man and I came into work on the Sunday and he went what the fuck are you done to my bed? <laughs> and I knew exactly what I'd done I'd reversed into a tree but I didn't know it had done uh, that much damage and I just I lied you know when you start lying and then you yeah. keep lying and I went I don't know no I, just, I thought I hit a twig and then he took me around the back of the van, it was all caved in. I went, I must have been quite a big twig. And then the very same day, I drove it into a rhododendron bush. Oh, uh, God. Yeah, and caused quite a lot of damage then. They are big vans, though. I've seen them about, and they are massive vans. Yeah, a Mercedes Sprinter, long wheelbase. It's about four foot longer than you think it is. <laughs> uh, what is what's your favourite bit of misogyny to shout out of the window? Tits have been mentioned. 
me and my pal drive together. She does the uh, jumping out of the van and I do the driving. And we, we have done the odd, uh, oi, oi! <laughs> and we had, um, we had a standoff with a DPD driver the other week. And it was, it got, that got very tense. DPD driver coming this way, me yeah. going that way. Very narrow road with cars either side and nowhere for us to go. And he char- he came towards me, right? So I had to try, I had to parallel park it into a space, but with a 20 foot van, that is not easy. And it took me a while. And he started to do all this posturing, this, come on. Well, I lost my shit. The C word was mentioned. And um, <laughs> as he drove past me with his window down, I went, you could get a fucking tank through there. And I just went, like, really sheepish and drove off. Yeah. Sometimes you have so, to be like that. I am. Um, oh, I got rear-ended at a roundabout uh, by a guy in a white van. And I was stationary at the roundabout. He just drove yeah, into the back yeah. of me. It was so clearly his fault, but he decided to get out and start shouting at me. And I thought, oh, you've got to fight fire with fire here. So I started shouting back. And then the police turned up and they said, we've had a look and we, we, we've had some other witnesses say what happened. And the man's now accepted that he was at fault. But for some reason... He seemed scared to come over and apologise. <laughs> Probably because yeah, I yeah. called him a fucking cunt. <laughs> yeah, well yeah, done. Yeah, that will do it. <laughs> you've got to. You've got to just yeah. step up. Yeah, it's been quite. It's been really interesting. I put the clutch out on another one. That went. Track um, <laughs> record is uh, not great, though. It's not great. It's so not it's great. Just to be clear, Zoe. If anybody's listening, you are available for delivery work. <laughs> Absolutely, very yeah, much available. Well. Six days a week available. Yeah, yeah. I discovered though it's the only like it's the only transferable skill you've got as really as a comedian. As a comedian, yeah. It's like I can use and follow a sat nav and find places that are otherwise invisible. So that's, that's all we've done for the last yes, fifteen twenty yeah. years is drive up and down the country finding places. Do you know where that village hall is? In that place in but fuck nowhere. We'll find exactly. It. Yeah, that's all we've done. Mickey, fun fact from you. I have rediscovered a love of oven chips because ease and speed are what I need right now. Yeah. We're doing that. But I, do you think they've got better? Yes. Yeah. Because do you remember oven chips when they first arrived and you'd eat them and you're like, what is this like sort of like... Sponge. Yeah, frozen sponge mixed in with sawdust or something. But now they're like, oh, this could be a chip. Yeah. This is an actual chip I'm eating here. We got those little, um, those oven fries and they had a little bit of a uh, sprinkling of paprika on them. (laughs) I have eaten two kilos of those (laughs) since I was outside. I've eaten more chips in the last two months than I have in the last two years, definitely. Yeah. Can I, can I ask you all something, right? Because of what my uh, my wife, what she does, uh, she does lots of like different events and manages different projects, and sometimes they are for various different brands. And she got given two free pizzas, right? And but the pizzas, you you get the dough, you get the the marinara, you get the cheese. It gets delivered to you by DHL. Then you make the pizza. Right, Zoe's already saying this is a no. <laughs> put it in, blah blah blah. Now, Chloe's just made a couple of them. They were absolutely delicious. Like I have to say, really, really nice. Twenty quid. No. Oh God. What? And you got to make the pizza yourself. I thought you're having a laugh, aren't you? I mean, am I missing a trick here? What's going on? Would you, for the privilege of making your own pizza, would no, you- no. So to be clear, it's it's twenty quid for two pizzas. You get two pizzas. Still too much. Box. Yeah, I thought, I but I could get a pizza made for me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Why would I make it myself? I don't. I don't. Are people gone mad? Is this? I thing? think so. Yes, yes. It's another activity, isn't it? That's seen as a sort of crafting skill. But it, it's a crafting skill if you're making your own dough. You make your own yeah. marinara. You make your own cheese. Okay, maybe not your own cheese. But <laughs> getting it all, well, you could, couldn't you? But getting yeah. it all delivered just seems, 
kind of yeah bizarre shape. that is bizarre the weirdest middle class hobby to make your own pizza but have it delivered to your house we've had done this like there's a couple of restaurants around here that are obviously shut because of the lockdown and they're doing sort of on they're doing delivered par cooked food okay, so well, you, you, you finish it off at home but there is still a bit of pissed offery taking you know place there because you are basically cooking what? your own din dins yeah <laughs> Also, when yeah. you get a takeaway, isn't the whole point of a takeaway that you can't be asked to cook? Yeah. Yeah. And that you don't have to do any washing up. Yeah. Well, certainly less yeah. washing up than you would need to. Yeah. Not like, well, listen, we cooked half of it. Would you like to cook the other half? Did you have to do that with the dough? I think it involved Chloe, did well, it? When I was younger, my <laughs> aunt used to, run, used to run a pizza truck that was like, you know, like you get a Glastonbury. And, oh yeah and we used to and she used to take it to festivals and we used to work for her and it's like the size of well you know what the size of those are and everything in there is red hot every single thing in there is hot every time you move something goes and burns you <laughs> right? and we used to love our shifts in there like and, and you had shades of of, of Burn mark that oh, no. was somewhere in Yeah, and then you had to wait till next year till you got suntan for them to cover up. Um, and you were constant smell of bacon, incredibly drunk people who basically doesn't care. But anyway, my point is the one thing if you get to make pizzas is people make the mistake of putting all the stuff in the middle of the pizza, and that's the bit yes. where you cut the most. You're supposed to spread it around, yeah, uh, yeah, I know. Well, fortunately, we just went full blown margarita. And then introduced a couple of anchovies later on when she was feeling a bit braver, which I was very happy about. Anchovies aren't for everyone, but I could eat a no. tin of them. So. Oh, Ooh, I love anchovies. On a pizza, definitely. Love yeah. them. Oh, I could eat them on their own. Oh, oh yeah. The, the little silver ones that you get in tapas places. Remember tapas? Mm. Yeah. Mm. My people. My Boccarones. 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 And uh, what, Boccarones. Are those what, are they, uh, what are those? Pinchos. You know, on a stick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love a, I love a pincho. Lots of time they've been living tiny amounts of food with your own sticks that you have to sort of <laughs> self-skewer. Yeah. I can't be self-skewering with flipping pinchos. And, you know, housewives all around the country will be going, oh, I've just, I've skewed my own bocarones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what any of these words mean. Bocarones are the... Like when you get, like, it's like a little, not a sausage, but it's covered in breadcrumbs and inside it will have, um, I don't know, sometimes it will have, like, pork and cheese. Oh, right. We got cheese and pineapple Ish. on sticks in my house. That was the only nice. thing that came on a stick, yeah. Well, my mum was making Galician squid stew, much to my my chagrin when my friends came round and were like, what is this? What's <laughs> <laughs> your mum cooked rubber bands for dinner? <laughs> Galician squid stew. I'm not joking. I, 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 I do remember that fateful day a friend of mine, Paola Ash, came round and she cooked it and she was like, this is disgusting. I was like, wow. Well, you just want your mum to turn up with a Finder's crispy pancake, don't you? No. You want a gammon steak, chips and peas. Yeah, cool. That's what you want. Yeah. As a thick thing with Finder's crispy pancakes is, they weren't crispy and they weren't pancakes. I don't really know why they got called that. But they were like, for me, they were exotic. They were like this incredible exotic cuisine because I'd never <laughs> seen, I'd seen them on telly and, and my brothers and I just thought if we were just allowed to have a Finder's crispy pancake, our lives would be better. And I do remember going round to a mate's house and having one and I did think it was the most, I mean, I mean, it was molten lava in the middle, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't it? yeah. Um, like, it took all the skin off your lips, but I just thought this is... It's more of a pasty, isn't it? It is a pasty. It's like a bright orange, yeah, crispy pasty. And maybe with, it was the way my mum cooked them, but they always just kind of hung limply. <laughs> Hannah, I don't think they were great, mate. But when you're a kid, you you like all you like crap, don't you? Like mini pieces yeah. and crispy pancakes. Oh, I thought the height of sophistication was was because my mum wouldn't buy them for us. Was uh, potato waffles. I was just oh, really obsessed waffle. by potato waffles because other people got them in their houses, but yeah. my mum didn't buy them. And I was just like, oh my God, we went to Sanso's house. We had eggs and, and, and potato waffles. It's like I've been to the Ivy. Have you ever made them in a toaster? You can just make them in a toaster. What, from frozen? Can Not you? from frozen, but if you just get a box of them, pop them in. Pop them in. Oh, my kids love a potato waffle. 
when, when lockdown started, I had what can only be described as quite a catastrophic panic attack in my local co-op. <laughs> and it was... <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I like the it way you're delivering this is really like a matter of course. Of course it was, <laughs> it was. It was one of those panic attacks where the ground moves and you go, I'm either having a massive panic attack or we're actually experiencing an earthquake. And it wasn't an earthquake. It was a panic attack. It was like the first few days, you know when the shelves were bare? Yeah. And, and everybody there was like, just mad panic in the supermarkets. And I just, it was that moment where I just realised what everything was happening was happening. Yeah. And like, the diary just went, yeah. <laughs> and all of the works went, in one go. And I was stood in co-op, sort of shaking like this by the yoghurts. And, um, <laughs> uh, I, I knew I had to buy dinner. That's all I had to do. But it was the hardest thing in the world because there was people sort of wandering around with made-up fucking masks out of gaffer tape and candle holders, and it was like it was like the end of days. <laughs> <laughs> Tea lights for eyes, and um, uh, all the shelves were got. So there was nothing I couldn't plan the menu and I like to plan the menu I'm like oh my god the tourismo's gone so I bought bird's eyes chicken I can't even what they were called yes. no they were like just like shape of chicken things but they weren't chicken like you know it's been mechanically reclaimed oh, or right. something sprayed probably, something yeah, yeah. it probably wasn't even a chicken but I just once looked at a chicken so it could be called chicken <laughs> by default yeah yeah and I sort of, in my blind panic, just bought that and some chips and some beans and took it home like, uh, like a really disheveled bear grills. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I cooked what still we still refer to Cindy and I as um our apocalypse dinner. <laughs> <laughs> what what wine goes with apocalypse? Uh, oh. I cooked these chicken things, right? They melted in the oven. They just they melted went. like like earwax. They just disappeared. Oh, into the, oh, what? They just oh, went. And then the chips just disintegrated. And then I used to burn the beans. And I sat there sobbing, <laughs> eating this dinner. And I was like, this is going to be a tough few months. <laughs> <laughs> things have improved dramatically since then. Shall I shoot yeah, with a yes. question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's probably going to be the hardest question you've been asked in a long time. So you might want to have a little think about it. But uh, what's been making you laugh recently? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I know. I will start with you, Jen, then, because you claim to know. Well, on telly, I've been watching Shit's Creek, which, <sighs> I, which I came to super late. And I, I just I started watching it uh, at the end of last year. And I'm now so addicted to it that I have to like not allow myself to watch too many episodes. So yeah. Chloe and I will, we have a very specific time when we watch Shit's Creek and it's special time, but we don't watch it every day. And, and but we do watch it every week. And because we're already on, see, we, we went <laughs> and then we went to season four. We were like, stop, there's only two seasons left. Uh. So now we're like, we're just very slowly making our way through it. And there's nothing better than having a little vape, um, some Shit's Creek and a big bar of lint chocolate. And let me tell you, that is my night in and I cannot think of a better way uh, to enjoy myself. And it just never doesn't make me laugh. Yeah. Oh. Mine is exactly the same. as Mine's a carbon copy uh, oh. response to exactly the same as Jen's answer. That is exactly what we've been doing. Exactly. Have you seen the episode yet, Jen, where she buys the car? Yes! <laughs> it's absolutely I to, brilliant. I rewound it, it twice to listen to her it, accent. It, so, what, there are so many times, and she's like uh, negotiating buying the car, and then this really weird accent comes <laughs> in, where she's pretending they were like, yeah, but we know who you are. And, oh my God, it's brilliant. It's so good. Catherine O'Hara is genius oh, in that. Yeah, but it's, 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 the same yeah. reason I love that episode is the reason why I love, I think it's the episode, an episode in season one where she is auditioning for an ad. No, she's not. She's doing an advert. Oh, for, yeah. For fruit wine. If you like fruit wine like I like fruit wine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I 
rewound that and watched that about six or seven times. Yeah. And Chloe was like, okay, it's not funny anymore. You've made it. Oh, it's still funny. funny. It's, like, it's, oh, still... No, it's, it's actually funnier now. The oh, delicate like... flavours of crab apple. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly yeah. how we've been spending our evenings as well. A and little, Catherine O'Hara and, uh, and, yeah. and watching Catherine O'Hara and eking it out because there's only six series. But it's so beautifully written. It's so beautifully played. Um, I, I can give you one, Jen, when you finish this, which you might enjoy. It, Norseman on Netflix is... Uh, has anybody watched it? I see no. It's a cartoon, isn't it? Hmm? No, no, that's Bojack Horseman, which is also oh. very, very good. Oh, God, but but Norseman is um, set in Viking time in Norway. Very tongue-in-cheek, very, very funny. Very oh, okay. funny. Yeah, that. yeah, very funny. Uh, just talking yeah. about Shit's Creek, it definitely sounds like that was the wine that Hannah's dad was taking on the toilet with him. Fruit wine. Not very good. Very good. Yeah. Now. Yeah. <laughs> and I've also yeah. ended up with Dan Levy. Yeah. Did you oh, say you were in love with Dan Levy? Sorry, did I did I hear is that? Levy or is it Levy? What is it? Yeah. Anna, Anna, Anna Dan Levy. I've got a definite thing for Dan Dan Levy. <laughs> He's got remarkable hair, hasn't he? And eyebrows. Yeah, a very, very handsome young man. And literally, every time I watch it, Chloe's like, halfway through, she's like, I think I fancy Dan Levy. Like, yeah, no. That, like, we said that the last episode, in the episode before that we were watching it, you said that. Yeah. I know, I'm just saying. I know, but you always say that. <laughs> <laughs> just to say he's not interested. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's been making you laugh this week? Well, my brother is living with my mum. So that's a great source of kind of schadenfreude type laughter oh yeah, yeah. wow his absolute wow. exasperation is hilarious better him time. than you hannah absolutely yeah Everyone. make him one for the team there also i am a big fan of keenan thompson saturday night live sketch what's up with that and i've seen all of them a million times but they actually did a new one this week which i've already watched about five times have you ever seen have you ever seen them no, I don't think oh, so. No. He plays a talk show host who is so self-involved that he never actually gets around to interviewing the people that are on his show. Oh, like Michael McIntyre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because Keenan Thompson can sing really well, they play him like he's a sort of a, um, a song singer. And anytime somebody says something, they do a little noise and he does this thing where he goes like that and then he starts singing. <laughs> and it's just those really big eyes um, and him singing makes me laugh a lot. I'll look. I'll definitely check yeah. that out. What's like it called? Watch, what's up with that? What's up with that? Okay, got it. I, I, I like to watch anything where there's like a lot of them, so that if I like it, I can go. I can deep dive. Oh, he is, he's he's so supposed to be brilliant, Keenan Thompson, because I'm also a huge fan of all Family Fortune stuff he does for them, and Black Jeopardy, which he does as well. All of which are like proper amusing. I think because he's been on it forever, people forget that he is actually one of the most talented ones. We wouldn't know anything about that, would we, Zoe? You particularly enjoyed, Hannah. Nah. Yeah. I wanted to know the lyric that you particularly enjoyed <laughs> in the latest um, What Up With That? Oh, yeah, I mean, I, can't, I don't know if it's going to work if people don't know what it is, but there's a bit where I think Keenan Thompson basically just breaks character and starts singing it himself, and at one point he just goes, won't somebody come round my house and educate my children? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> what has been making you laugh, Mick? I'm going to share something that's giving me joy rather than full on laughter. But finally, after nearly a year living in the same house and the vibe being uh, Elsie Bulldog wanting to be friends and Clarky Cat very much wanting Elsie Bulldog to fuck off, they have started sitting near each other. Oh. Oh, that is lovely. It's, it's delightful. And it was telling that I hadn't seen my fiancé, Gary, that happy for a long time, which is a little bit worrying. But <laughs> utter delight. But it took two yeah. little animals. Is it an older cat, Mick? Clarky is a rescue. So I've had him for three years, but he's probably about ten. And All right. Elsie's eight. We also have two rats. You can get rid of them. Do you mean 
you've got two rats in your kitchen and you don't know what to do or you, you own two rats uh, we own two rats sure okay bill and ted they yeah. are bodacious yeah they're great are they super friendly yes so affectionate ted is just a cuddle monster Bill is like, wants to scamper, wants to investigate, likes to sit on your shoulder. Ted likes to form some sort of rat puddle in your hands and just be stroked along the nose. It's, it's a, it's One of my son, sons wants a rat. Are rats kid-friendly? Yeah, yeah, super-friendly. So? They don't bite. Rats are very intelligent creatures. Just, yeah. I'm just thinking of 1666 sort of London time. <laughs> Hey, they get a bad rap. They love children, honestly. I think it's because they're just easier to bite through. <laughs> I'm going to defend the rats there. It was the fleas that, you know, bit people yes. and gave them to play. The rats just, yeah. they were basically the mules. Yeah. Well, a little bit no, like us with COVID. The fruit, the yeah. yeah. It, we're not the virus. No, the virus is the virus. The virus is no, the virus. No, the Tory party is the virus. Oh, yeah. Okay. We could definitely yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Neoliberalism. Well, Capitalism is the virus. Do you know what I've discovered throughout this whole virus thing? It's really interesting sort of how people sort of self-preserve. And uh, I now go shopping in Waitrose exclusively. I know it's more expensive, but it's Way full more. of middle-aged women who absolutely have more regard for themselves. So they just... Part like I can go through Waitrose like Moses through the through the sea. There's just a, a parting of of women who just sort of fall into the yogurts, not to be touched by anybody. <laughs> to be Whereas fair, that's when, going when on I go, but when you go to Tesco, we're all like that. Yeah, we're all riddled, and it's harder to get. <laughs> it's harder to get shit. But Waitrose, they have such self-regard. They're like, oh my god, I've got to protect myself with my ponies. You can cut through the customers in Waitrose like a like a like a hot knife through butter. You don't I... want to go to Asda, let me tell you. No, it's You can't go back to the co-op. They've seen you at your very worst. Oh, at co-op, Blackington <laughs> Road. Oh, yeah, they've seen me at my 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 worst, my lowest moment. Yeah. <laughs> Sure, you're not the first. And you well, I think I probably off. was the first to fall. It was sort of three minutes into lockdown. Okay, you were the first. Oh, yeah. I was the first, yeah. I've always said I've not got a very strong constitution. And I've always joked with my mum that if I had been sort of part of the American Dust Bowl of the 1930s when there was You'd no food, yeah, I'd have been the first kid going, there's no wheat, mama, there's no wheat. <laughs> <laughs> we're all going to die, mama. We're yeah. all going to die. She'd be like, Mary Lou, we got some bread in the cupboard. No, we're going to die, mama, we're going to die. There is nothing there, absolutely no reserve, nothing. <laughs> I remember your face when I told you about uh, an injury I had when I came off my bicycle, you nearly passed out. Do you remember yeah. that? You were yeah, like, don't... you don't tell me anymore. And that was Yeah. Like... Zoe, don't cope well in a crisis, lions. <laughs> Finally an intro. <laughs> <laughs> Finally an intro you can keep in this bleeding yeah. podcast. <laughs> What I would like to know is what you have learned about Britain during this, let's call it, shit show. It's a state of 50-50, isn't it? There's some wonderful acts of kindness and wonderful acts of uh, community and wonderful acts of reaching out. And then some absolute bellends, which I think we knew all along. I think if you've ever considered the breakdown of... <laughs> the world as we know it and the sort of introduction of a sort of dystopian uh, thing happening which is kind of what's happening a little bit in your heart of hearts you knew that there'd be people who really come up to the mark and really step up and do some wonderful things and then there were some proper knobheads and then it's just choosing your mates carefully yeah, and I think because Jen and I both live in Brighton, we've seen the we've seen an ugly side of Britain down here as well with the sort of easing of lockdown. We've seen Brighton is a wonderful city because it has such a strong sense of community and it really does have a sort of sense of identity. And the reason why we love living here, I think, is because it has such a 
it's got a character of its own and Brighton is its own personality and it's a little bit quirky and it's a little bit out there but it but it'll always ask how are you and what's been upsetting during this whole lockdown is when the easing of the lockdown and, and marauding hordes have just hit our beach but not in a nice way and have just I've seen some really horrible behaviour but that's been coupled with the beautiful behaviour that I've witnessed from citizens of my own city so yeah it's it's a half and half um that's as positive as I can make it <laughs> yeah, you know them I, I mean I, I can't believe I was going to say exactly the same thing as you so <laughs> actually exactly uh, I think living in Brighton has made me realize certainly at the beginning of lockdown I felt quite sort of optimistic and quite buoyant and I felt like there was a real sense of community people reaching out to each other you know little notes going through letterboxes to say are you okay do you need anything if you do Chloe was putting her number out to people and saying if anyone needs anything I'll get your shopping and, and so Chloe's been doing that for years she's yeah, got a mainly to me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just me <laughs> apparently she's been offering this help to everybody telephone boxes all over the Portslade area <laughs> no but it, it, it's been really interesting and and um there's been this sense of community and then as Zoe said I think literally for me it was like in the last definitely the last week Brighton has been awful mm. and people leaving like the, forget social distancing there, there's been no social distancing in fact there wasn't enough space on the beaches to socially distance if you were going to Brighton Beach at the weekend the last couple of weekends you wouldn't have it wouldn't have been physically possible and then there's a couple of times I was down by the seafront and not actually in Brighton but sort of just a little bit outside and there were just people who were like aggressively not moving out of the way so that yeah. you had to kind of walk into the road as a point to go, I'm not going to fucking move, you fucking move. You know, that sort of very, not even passive aggressive, but quite confrontational and aggressive behaviour. And it's just made me real, it, part of me just thinks, oh, I thought that this had made us more self-aware, given us a bit of perspective and the things that are important. But actually the second that lockdown eased, Everybody just was like, it was a free-for-all to do whatever you want. And it was kind of depressing, really. But what makes me feel optimistic is that generally, on the whole, people that live in Brighton and Hove have been, you know, on the whole, have really been very respectful and really community-oriented and very collective in their thinking. And, and that, and you can just see that. And, and that yeah. makes me feel good about living here and feel better but How many WhatsApp groups are you a member of, Jen? About 79, but I've muted yeah. 78 of them. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of community WhatsApp grouping oh going on. Oh, my. Well, <laughs> listen, I get added to them. I, I, I'd love to be part of a community group and not be in a WhatsApp group, but it seems to be yeah. impossible. You yeah. get added to them. I just added you to it. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Jen. I'm optimistic. I, th- I, th- I think the goodwill of people, it will... Be the, the overbearing feature. Yeah, it will rise to the surface. It will. It will. The interesting thing is having doing this little delivery job that I've had. I've I've literally been from four million pound mansion houses delivering food to really poor estates yeah. in the East End of London, and so I've seen it all. And you can you can understand that there are people having absolutely miserable times at the moment with no balcony or no garden or no access to a park or no easy access to go out so you can just see how you can understand how people are given a little bit of freedom they just absolutely go for it you know yeah i think that's the thing that that to me i think what what's been most clear is that how many people think that everybody else's life is exactly the same as their life Oh God! Yeah, 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 yeah. Periods of judgment we got during this, like about yeah, and about people being in parks. And I was like, "You just, I know, I know that you have a garden from the way you posted that on Twitter, and it just hasn't occurred to you that everyone doesn't have a garden." No, you're absolutely right, and I certainly don't believe in cancelling people or, 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 you know, trolling someone or giving someone a hard time because they've gone out and because yeah, I, I. Totally get it, and and also we've we've been indoors for such a long time, 
and there's no clear guidance on what we should be doing. The thing that I had a problem with in Brighton wasn't that people were coming so much to Brighton. It was just that they were just leaving a load of litter. They've been quite disrespectful of the area. They've been disrespectful to each other. And, you know, like, I don't blame anyone for going out. I completely yeah. get it. And I know that there are lots of people, I've got friends of mine who are in studio flats in North London. Yeah. Don't even have a separate living room, let alone a garden. And, you know, they're like, I have to go out because otherwise I'm going to go mental. And I was like, of course you have to go out. Of course you do. Yeah. Um, but I think there's people that are being really mindful and there are people that are just like, it's, it's a free-for-all. And it's just, it's hard not to judge, Hannah, okay? Because yeah. <laughs> I'm by myself. I had a conversation with Lou Comran about, and we did a podcast about living by yourself because just everybody automatically seems to assume that everybody like has somebody else in their house. Mm. You just see, like every time a bit of public policy comes out, it's like you and your family can do this, and you're like, "Great, I can go and play rugby by myself in the park." Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> but under- non-contact rugby. <laughs> Underneath some of our tweets, there was mm. there was people saying, "I don't know, I don't know what those two are moaning about." And and the whole way through it, Lou and I constantly say, "Oh, people have got it worse than us." You know, people have got it those worse than us. You know, and we were not moaning about it in the slightest, but. Yeah, everybody just also must be or seems to assume that everybody else has got somebody else in their house with them, or everybody else. Yeah. Or people, everyone's like, "Oh, look at everyone who's furloughed," and you're like, "Some of us are still fucking working." Yeah. Yeah, yeah. People have anybody else getting disproportionately angry with the lockdown advertising? I haven't seen any. It's because it doesn't make any fucking sense. You know, sort of. We were talking about oven chips earlier. There's a sort of lockdown oven chips out of it now. You know, it's that sort of, you know, in this hard time, have a nice chip. Um, (laughs) Or, you know, maybe your skin needs this during these difficult times. That that makes my ass I'm like, (laughs) Yeah. Virgin, bringing me. people together. Well, not on my fucking Wi-Fi, you're not, mate. So, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have you learned about Britain, Mickey? I think I'm only really going to add to what you three have said and just something that it felt like could unite us. It's incredible the capacity that people in Britain have to be divided. Like, there's a, there's a thirst for division, like the smallest yeah. thing keep calm and carry on. I don't believe it anymore. I don't think that was a thing. I think it was go to the co-op and panic. Uh, no, yeah. no, I've done that. <laughs> done that. Did it well. But yeah, that, that sort of solidarity, that blitz spirit that we keep getting rammed down our throat, all those comparisons are just utter bullshit because the people who are making those comparisons, like ridiculous comparisons to the war, cannot cope, are not coping, do not know about pulling together. Mm. Yeah. And don't and don't and don't believe in um, they they represent a party that doesn't believe in society. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean that's what Margaret Thatcher said, isn't it? That society yeah. is null and void; it doesn't exist. Collectivism is a myth, and the individual and, and the needs and wants of the individual override everything. And that is a, a party that is in power. And if you believe any rhetoric remember that that's what you have to remember and so when any policy is put into place just remember that's what they really think mm. it's not yeah. about but then maybe something like this will catch them out because it's because you Holy look at Bris- shit, so it, yeah. I mean, it is catching them i mean they're yeah. totally caught in the net and they're flapping about and they're and yet they are still even though they dropped six points in the polls they're still beating labor and i swear that i was like makes my head explode it's that but it's the same in the States and the same in Brazil where they've got similar leadership with just bullshit, bullshit blokes with weird hair who, who, who have tried to bluster their way out. Of, they can bluster their way out of economic things, but this is greater than that. I, I think they'll come a cropper. I do. I, I think this so. will make them come a cropper. I mean, there can't be many people in this country that look at our government and go, well, they've dealt with this very well. well you I mean, look at the way Pretty Patel can read out a number. She's clearly skilled. <laughs> she, um, said, she said, oh, the quarantine, uh, we absolutely are, are, are sticking by the quarantine of 14 days. People will have to quarantine for at least three weeks. I was like, well, what is it? <laughs> is it 14 days? Or is it three weeks? 
Do you not know? Fourteen days. Oh God! The woman is an absolute like remedial. She's unless you've got some special arrangement with some other countries, tourism board. uh, You know. So I think anybody who still has faith in the the bunch of spatula-faced muppets who are currently leaving this country, we have the highest death rate in Europe. It'll be and it'll go further. It'll go. I mean, because of the. Because of Cummings' activities, unfortunately, it will have a knock-on effect. And we've seen that in Brighton, haven't we, Jen? People just clearly just do not give a shit anymore because they're going, well, if the elite can do it, we're doing it. I'm having a barbecue with 40 friends, fuck off. I've actually seen people having arguments with police about this, going, it's my life, I can do what I want, you can't tell me what to do. And uh, we have, they have royally screwed it up, as they have in the States, as they have in Brazil, um, I mean, hopefully, the states is a, is a some dystopian nightmare. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you not only are we in the middle of a global pandemic, but also the United States are having to suffer like uh, race riots and protests, which as they should, you know, as they absolutely should. But it's like. I mean, you couldn't make this fucking shit up. I mean, I'm, I can't even look at the news anymore. I find myself thinking, I, I just want to just slip onto Goop or something and just check out some love beats. I can't Goop. Do have a look at Goop. Honestly, it lifts your mood, Goop. Have you been on, on Goop? Goop? Yes, they sold out of the Tibetan Singing Bowl travel kit last week and I was a bit annoyed. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's yeah. a shame. I have, yeah. I have just ordered a necklace that doubles up as a vibrator. £112. <laughs> oh, that's <amazing. laughs> um, Oh, I'm not even joking. It's a necklace, uh, mini vibrator. And I just thought, you, you do wonder during all of this if Gwyneth is still steam cleaning her vagina. You oh, can't I... let it slip, Zoe. You can't. You what? You can't let it slip. You've got to keep you on can't let it slip. <laughs> I mean, I can. I can because it's now illegal for me to have sex, which is. So, oh yeah, you can't yeah, actually, Hannah. You actually cannot legally have sex yeah. with anyone. I know that unbelievable. That now I'm in a 20 year marriage, and even that, I was like, what? "Do we still have to do it?" No, what? Oh, right. I think you mean. Oh, okay. Do you know? I was like, "But what are the off chance that either?" I was like, "Really? What? A hundred? Somebody's going to bang on the door?" Like, Excuse me. Are you having <laughs> off in there? Excuse me. What a ridiculous Ridiculous situation. Yeah. No, but just go on Google. It'll really cheer you up. The travel, med- the travel uh, meditation kit is, is really what everybody needs right now. It's essentially, um, it, it's $187. Not, oh no, my no God. bullshit. Yeah. Uh, it's got an eye mask. Uh, not a mouth mask, uh, but an <laughs> eye mask, yoga mat, and neck support. $187. Sold out on the last look, but, you know, might be back in. Back in. I swear to God, if you're feeling at all bleak and you're just like, life's just too sad, get on Goop. It will really yeah. royally cheer you up. You'll be like, who the flickety fuck is buying <laughs> What absolute spoon thinks they need this? And, and there, are, there are women internationally who are looking at this going, this eye cream that also <laughs> ma- massages your vagina and this is furious. Like a hundred quid eye cream. Because right now, when none of us are earning any money. It's two, three hundred quid to stick on your eyeballs. I'm like, fuck me. Is it it regenerating my eyesight? Because at the moment, I wear glasses. Can can we do something about that? What is it doing to my eyes? It's insane. It's it's another world, isn't it? Like, she's talking about steam cleaning her vagina. My mum wants vaxxed the pond. Does that count? (laughs) Did what? Vaxxed? She vaxxed the pond. She vaxxed. The pond, yeah. That's the pond. You mean vacuumed it? Yeah. yeah. My granddad once got me to sweep his grass. Is that a euphemism? <laughs> no. Um, uh, yeah, he just he was what he was concerned that his lawn looked a bit messy, so he sent me out there with a broom to like. Oh, uh, he's got astroturf. No, he's got grass. And <laughs> right, sure. Okay. Well, it sounded like a cry for help. <laughs> and he wanted me to go out there and just sweep it with a broom. I don't know. Either that or he just wanted to get me out of the fucking house. And it was just, yeah. give us something to do. Let's we, we, you tomorrow. We, we've, we've got AstroTurf. You can vacuum it. Oh, really? I mean, we haven't, but, I mean, if you want. Mm. Do you have a question? I think we've probably I got do. time for one more, one more final question. 
I do. And, and in that case, what I would like to know is we've discussed what um, this whole thing has made you learn about Britain. I would like to know what have you learned about yourself <laughs> during the crisis? <laughs> so many things. Shall I go first? Yeah. Jen's just gently deflating in a couple of <laughs> <laughs> Like a souffle. Now, I've always known or had a sneaking suspicion I'm an all or nothing type of gal. Like there's no middle ground at all. It's either everything or nothing. And that applies to a lot of things. Drinking. Oh, everything, everything. I have no middle ground. I am, I am bookended by extremes. We mentioned it earlier at the start of the podcast, but I have gone, I've gone fairly extreme in a lockdown. So I went from having my massive panic attack in co-op with a Finder's chicken earwax fillet, I'm going to call it, because that's how it turned out. Fear God, never yeah. say that out loud again. To to um, having quite an extreme lockdown, like so, I've so I've got my little job, but I've also learned that if I put my mind to stuff, I go for it. And I I jokingly said to um, I jokingly said to Kerry at the start of this, um, we were having a conversation. This is Kerry Godliman. Godliman, and she was. I said, "What are you going to do, Kerry?" All this time, and she went. I'm gonna, I'm gonna garden. I'm gonna do my garden, which she has. And, and I went, that. yeah. I said, I'm, I'm gonna run a marathon. <laughs> I went, that'll never happen. That probably won't happen. But it has, and I've done two so far. Wow. <laughs> Wait a second. Can, can we just also? What was the thing that you were supposed to do first? Do you, you were going to be doing? Ah, that so I was supposed to be last weekend. I was supposed to run from. London to Brighton, a hundred kilometers for an ultra race, but it never happened because of COVID. So my friend and I, who were due to do this, had this training plan, and we just thought, well, sod it, let's just carry on with it. So we did a twenty-mile run, and then we did a twenty-two-mile run, and then we'd signed up for this off-road marathon. We went, well, let's. I, I just downloaded the course. I went, let's do it. So we went. We ran twenty-seven miles. And then last week we ran another marathon. And then Friday I'm running another marathon. So I'll have done three marathons in a month. <laughs> wow. You like the ideas out of comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't do things by half. So I'll have a panic attacking co-op. But I'll go out and do... And do you know what? It's made me happier than... I would say anything I've done in the last few years, that sense of achievement has made me happier than anything I've ever worked towards or created or anything. It's like Uh, a night you've run three marathons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't I say to you when, didn't I say, when I literally had a text conversation with Zoe, we were just going, what are you doing, blah, blah, blah. And then I just said, oh, what have you been up to or something? And so he went, oh, I ran a marathon yesterday. And I went, ah, yeah, no, but really, what have you been doing? No, I ran a marathon. I was like, ah, like 27, was it? You said 27 miles. 27 and a half miles. So it's actually, it's actually classified as an ultra because it's a bit further than a yeah. I literally took that text message and showed it to Chloe. And I went, fucking look at this shit. Zoe's doing. <laughs> what the fuck have I done? Literally, 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 I can't even do a press up. And there's this, she's been 27 and a half miles. Absolute lunatic. But I think it's funny something that, if you find something that makes you happy, then you just pour all your passion into it. And for for some people that is work. And sometimes that is work. And you do pour all your passions into that. But I've always said, I'm only half work. I'm only half a comedian. The rest of me is is elsewhere. And, um, uh, it's made me really, really happy. So out of this total misery and no work or no diary, or I found moments of pure joy. Pure joy. Yeah. And blisters. Quite <laughs> bad. Quite yeah. bad blisters. Yeah. Do you yeah. cut your toenails? I mean, that's something, I suppose. Oh, uh, you have to cut them really short. It's horrible. You've got toes like a troll. Because right. you've got to cut them so, so short. Well, and I have the weirdest socks. I've got glove socks so that your toes oh. go into 
All right, Craig Campbell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> proper. I've gone proper. Have you? Yeah. Flip yeah. That. But you know what? Oh, it's made me as happy as anything I've ever done. So. Oh, I, I think it's brilliant, genuinely. I, I'm, I was, like, so impressed when you said that. I cannot... Uh, with that. <laughs> really, really slow. I'm really slow. We plod along, but I mean, uh, I'd have to plod along for a couple of weeks to get to 27 and a half miles. I'll be honest. Yeah, with it's really slow, but it's close doing the. Uh, I told you she's doing the couch to 5k. Yeah, and she did. Uh, she did. She ran for 25 minutes this morning, and let me tell you, <laughs> she has not stopped banging about that <laughs> all day. <laughs> Literally earlier on, when I was trying to work, she popped her head around the door and went twenty-five minutes, and then left. And went, look, it's not, it's, it's fine, but it's not that big a deal, okay? Tell her to call me when she gets to five hours, and we'll have a chat. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Jen, so we mentioned finding something that you that you really love and and pouring all your passion into it. Has that been wine? Is that wine for you? Uh, I mean, I am. I, I, I mean, I am joking about the drinking, but I'm also not. But I, I have probably been drinking a bit too much. But I think <laughs> Zoe's holding up a bottle of wine, by the way. Um, an empty bottle of wine. An empty, an empty <laughs> bottle. I think what it is that I, I have. I have had some moments where I've been allowed to go out and do some exercise. So I've, I've done a few little cycling jaunts out on my bicycle, which have been really fun. Um, and so when I do go out and do exercise, I definitely always feel better, We're a lot better than I do if I've had, you know, half a bottle of wine before I go to bed. But saying that, I, I have taken a, quite a lot of enjoyment out of having a drink. But that, but that's, but that is, you know, any parent will tell you if you if you are like literally you don't get a moment to yourself the entire day, which I don't, then like last two days I've just had the kids and Chloe because Chloe's working so the second you're up in the morning then you're with them until they go to sleep and at the moment they're not going to sleep until like quarter to nine in the evening that's you get to there you're on your knees and then you think I probably should go to bed around 10 half 10 so you think I've got to smash a glass of wine just to make <laughs> day worthwhile. and and there's a bit of you that goes don't do that just have a fizzy water and just feel better about your life but then there's a little there's a little gremlin on my shoulder that goes, have it, you want it, you need it. You deserve but then it. E equally, Jen, this is also the time, we've, we've spent years travelling. I know, I know. And well, getting that... up in the morning and trying to work out where your train's going to meet your other train and then you've got to get somewhere else and get somewhere else. And we're in this, it's almost a lucky period. Well, but... that is, so, so the thing that I have, to, and I've talked to, to Zoe about this, but the thing that I definitely realise is that Say this virus disappeared tomorrow, which it obviously isn't, but let's talk hypothetically. I don't think I could go back to the way I was living before. I really don't think I could go back to travelling as much as I was and on the road as much as I was and, and missing out on seeing my family as much as I was. Now, don't get me wrong, there are days where I'm like, I'd just love to be in a hotel in Nottingham right now. But on the whole, I certainly as I've got older and now I'm in my mid-40s, the glamour of travel or the enjoyment, that's that's gone so being able to be in one place i haven't been in one place for this long in 20 years mm. i haven't been on a train in two and a half months so it, it's it's a lot yeah it's it's an absolutely mad time for me so like in the last 20 years i've constantly been on on the move yeah. on the road or doing and now i'm not it's just yeah. i feel in in a way with me i I used to joke and say that I felt like my life would be slightly more sorted if I fell into a coma for three months because then things would just just kind settle of down. settle down in, in my absence and then I could yeah. and in a way I feel like that because I actually feel on top of my life for the first time in about 20 years as in I have sorted all my paperwork out which was in two suitcases under my bed there was whoa uh, whoa that's a lot of admin because I've never ever ever sold a car it's either been scrapped or it's been written off i had mot's for cars i owned 20 years ago i've never had to hand that shit over to someone and i had to i was always terrified that the tax man would want all of my tax returns and stuff that was all under there and i so i've got rid of that i've done loads of jobs in my house and 
And actually, my bank balance is a lot healthier because I haven't been able to spend money on shit that I bought because I was at a train station waiting for a train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So actually, in a way, I felt like I've managed to reset my life a tiny bit. It, and maybe I'm just trying to look for the positive side. Of no, I, I, I no, think I think that you're right. I think that yeah. resetting is, is a good way of um, describing it. I do feel like it's been a reset button and there's been lots of negatives, definitely. Like, I don't have a job anymore. That seems quite a big thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, no income. But um, on the plus side, it's given me time to get some perspective, which has been really good. And I do love, I mean, I do love spending time with the kids. Not th- I would like it if they fucked off to school for a couple of days. That would be lovely. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. It's Just make you realise, though, you could probably do a three-day week and they could do maybe a four-day week at school. Yeah. And somebody else could do a three-day week. And I don't know about I don't know about you, but I've done I've done jobs where during this lockdown where I, I would have flown to Scotland for a radio record and then flown back. And actually we did it on clean feed. We did we did it down the line. So A saved them money, B saved the environment. Um and a, B, C, C. <laughs> oh, C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The brain is going. Saved me a day, and and you know, prior to this happening, the biggest crisis the planet was facing was global warming, and as sort of very liberal Brighton citizens were going, yes, it is awful, isn't it? It's absolutely awful. We're going to have to save the turtle. Uh, however. I am flying off to uh, <laughs> to Bordeaux for a couple of days just to sort of, you know, have a little look-see and pick up some of my favourite wine and then fly back. And then I'm having a long haul to Mexico in November, which is super jobs. Um, so it needed something as catastrophic as this because none of us were prepared to give up what we had voluntarily um to to save a planet none of us none of us were going to do that we would would all spout it reuse a bag and you know bin our plastic and whatever but you know idiots like me that had the financial capabilities and and the free time would just fuck off across the world going isn't it lovely to see the world and all its nature and isn't it a shame it's dying because of global warming uh whilst we're adding to it yeah so this in a weird way, it's, it, we've all been put on a naughty step, and hopefully, the the best thing that will come out of this is some sort of environmental regrowth as well. I've been surprised by quite how well I respond to rules, because you said we needed telling, and I am a person who needs telling. I am a person whose life would be a lot better if I had a nag. If I literally mm. had someone who stood next to me and said, just fucking do it, just do it. It's still going to be there in two hours. Do it now, get it out of the way, have your evening done. And I feel like in a lot of ways, be it the virus or the government or social pressure or whatever, has made me start doing things that I should do or not doing things that I shouldn't do. I haven't had, I've been living by myself, so I haven't had an eye on me. Everything that I've done, if I've got dressed, if I've hovered, it's all been for me. <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. And so for the first couple of of weeks, I was mad. My house was absolute chaos. It was carnage because I'm like, I don't need to tidy up. Eating off the floor. Literally literally just falling over pants that were just lying on the floor, piles of clothes, all of that. But then I kind of, I suppose, then started taking over a bit myself and saying, okay, you've got to sort this out. But Well, the word is responsibility, isn't it? And it's taking personal responsibility. And when you're absolutely left to your own devices, the only person that can take responsibility is you. Yeah. And and that's why we weren't prepared to make those massive changes that we had to make to save the planet because it came down to personal responsibility yeah. and we weren't capable. We're not capable because if you're given too many choices as a human and you're given too many options as a human, it's hard. Mm. And... Um, it's all very well to say, well, I'll, I'll sail to New York as opposed to fly there. But yeah. that's not an option for most people. It's but also, really... it's, a, it's a cultural thing in this country. Yeah. It? So, it, you know, yeah. you could... Your like... phone's in flight mode, so oh. I can't help you with that at the moment. My God, my well, phone's just switched itself And I, I, I like the way she responds to me, Zoe. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's often the way with... Uh... 
I, I said responsibility and my phone turned itself on just what? to say it was listening. I am listening to you, Zoe, whatever you need right now. Yeah. Are you, are you on a plane as well? Because it said it was in flight mode. It did sound it was in flight mode. I put it on flight mode so that it wouldn't interrupt this. <laughs> what have you learned about yourself in this? I have learned that a good sign that I'm overtired is when I start to take my pet's actions personally. So... <laughs> So Clarky cat, uh, a big shitter outdoors, which is great, doesn't usually use his cat litter, but started coming back indoors quickly and then going out again. And the other night I was clearly very tired and I just, I, I was just sort of trying to reason with him. <laughs> Why? I'm making the smell again. He's just being a cat and I needed to go and have a sleep. <laughs> Do you know, my last cat was my last cat. And she's currently in a jar in the hall. Not because I. Juno. Yeah, I remember Juno. She was vicious. She was an absolute twat. I remember sitting on your sofa and she just went for me. Yeah, she went for everybody. When she died, when she passed away, and bless her, I did love her to a degree. Um, But when she passed away about four or five years ago, I realised I hadn't slept properly in six years. Because of that cat. Juno would get up in the middle of the night, about three o'clock in the morning, go, right, now's the time. And (laughs) take herself off to her cat litter. She was a furry cat. She was a Maine Coon, so she was very furry. She'd have a poop in a cat litter, which would stick predominantly to her arse and claws. (laughs) And then she would, because we've got wooden floors in the flat, she'd just go, through the hall with those shitty paws. I'd be like, (laughs) And then this bastard cat was so clever, she'd go out the back cat flap but she knew it woke us up, so she'd go out the cat flap. <laughs> and then in the cat flap. <laughs> and then out the cat flap. <laughs> and then in the cat flap. <laughs> and, like, you and then every now and again you'd hear her, and it was almost <laughs> like a sort of a miniature removals company trying to get a piano up the stairs, because you'd hear, eh, okay, eh, Anna, eh. And it was a sobbing cat dragging through a semi-dead pigeon through the cat flap as a gift. As a gift. Did she ever drop it on your um, face in the night? Uh, No, but she did drop... i tell you what she did once, which was really weird, and I must have been stoned when this happened because it really freaked me out. She jumped on the bed, and I was in bed, and she sat up on my chest, and she had a slug stuck to the, her fur on her <laughs> chest so it looked like that scene from, do you remember total recall when it popped through his chest yeah like, yeah open your mind um and this slug was just going ah, 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 <laughs> matted into her chest hair as i lay there hung over i was like i will never have another cat <laughs> it seems like a, a good place to end <laughs> Standard issue for all women.